1: Summer I turned 18. We lived in a one-room run down shack on the outskirts
2: of New Orleans. Good morning. Have Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 10 outdoor, outdoor, outdoor Show. Another good one, Jake. Pull them out of the hat, baby. Alright, let's go to Tom in Oak Forest. Tom, good morning. You're on the outdoor show. What's up?
1: Uh, hello, Captain Becky. I'm sorry you're uh, not feeling real good.
2: Uh, I'm getting there, man. I'm I'm coming around. It's coming back.
1: Well, uh, The reason I called, uh, I I, I want to make a shout-out to, uh, uh, I guess his name is The Hammer. Uh, He's spending his uh, time and money and gas money helping out those people uh, picking up crab traps. Okay. That man seems to be a real nice person.
2: Yeah, Glenn's good people. Good guy. So
1: I I thank him for that. Uh, Very nice. Now, I got one quick story, kind of related. I had a friend up up here in the National Forest. He just wandering around and found a big old huge uh, Bowie knife. And he threw that in his truck. And uh, then a couple other guys come out of the woods, and they complained that they lost a big knife. So he headed over to his truck to uh, a... give that knife back to them and he looked over his shoulder and they were cleaning out their, uh, their truck. They pushed all their aluminum cans and plastic water bottles and, uh, hamburger wrappers out there right in the middle of this parking area. Really? So, uh, he, he did not give that Bowie knife back to them. So, no, all yeah. Money. So, uh, yeah. You think you might like, get in away with something, but you're not. And I thank you for your show. And I'm still doing all my uh, fishing at, uh, right up the street here at Lake Kroger.
2: Thank Lake you. Lake Kroger? I <laughs> got you. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Now let's go to Captain James Plog and see what he's up to this morning. James, what's happening? You got any litter you What's want to up, throw man? out of your truck? <laughs>
3: no, man, I'm good. What's
2: up? Hey, when when Plog's on a roll, and he's running hard and hadn't had a day off in two weeks. You can, uh, if you're gonna clean out his floorboard, just uh, pull you a trash can over there. You'll fill it up, man. I remember that one time I looked in your truck. I said, "Dang, James." He said, "Yeah, I'm off tomorrow. I'm cleaning everything out." <laughs>
3: that's terrible ain't it? i should take care of my stuff well you I'm but old. you're not throwing
2: it out on the road or anywhere else you know that's what you do you don't uh, i don't like
3: to throw, i don't like to throw tails i don't you know i said i don't like to. i don't like to throw Hey, now stuff gets away we all make mistakes but i don't like to do that if i see something while i'm coming in and i didn't used to be like this you know 30 years ago i'd drive by a bottle or whatever floating but
2: if now I, stop, it, pick it I up.
3: Pick it, yep. stop pick it up. up. I mean, hell, that's you know, least I can do. I hate to throw stuff off, these plastics. You know that we fish with. Yeah. Guys will take it off. He'll throw my man. Don't throw that in the water. Throw that in the bottom of the boat, dude. I'll get it when I get home.
2: That's what I call and them, I dead soldiers in the back of the boat, man. You'll get in. From that's fishing what I call dush. them too. Dead soldiers laying everywhere, man. <laughs>
3: Yeah, when fish is good, I get to marine and the boys there <laughs> that take care of me. I, hey, P, you want the? I said, dude, when they're on the floor, they're dead. Get rid exactly. of them. Don't put them in my cup holder. Throw them away.
2: Exactly.
3: Um, yeah. Man, I just went there this It's cold, dude.
2: Yeah, it is. It's
3: a little set back here. I know it. But it's gonna be. I saw some eighties, man. That means we're gonna have fog. We're gonna have
2: fog. <laughs> you we're think be... more especially. Man, remember those days we'd been waiting West Bay or East Bay, and man, that sea fog would roll in. My goodness gracious.
3: Yeah, we'll get that's what we'll get to, Mickey, some sea fog for sure. Yeah,
2: especially if <laughs> the wind kind of goes south or southeast with these warm temperatures. We're going to get it, man.
3: I lost some dudes one night. I'm trying to think of their name. We were in Christmas Bay. And this one, when I was fishing there a lot for all the years ago, and I right. see the sea fog out there. and we're waiting a ridge just out in the middle of the bay. Now, I've been watching it all day, but it's fine. Them fish are biting right at dark. And uh, anyway, long story short, man, the sea fog rolls in. us. Well, Usually, you know, right before it gets dark, that sea fog give you just a minute. You know, where it'll kind of lift a little bit before it goes straight dark. Right. It didn't. It didn't lift. So now I got no guys and I got no boat, and I'm like, Uh-oh. man, this ain't this ain't good. Hey, and hey, I, I, I never forget this. So I'm sitting there fishing. I'm just fishing. There ain't nothing else to do. It's over with. And I said, man, I wonder if you sleep standing up. That was my thought. <laughs> just out of blue, I thought about, can you sleep standing up? But the way this ridge was, if you went right, you got deep. If you went left, you got deep. So some that time goes by, and, man, it may be like 9 o'clock, quarter to 8. I mean, quarter to 9, somewhere around there. I finally walked into my boat. <clears throat> I said, okay, now I got my boat, and I got to get these guys, man. I'm going to call somebody's wife and tell them I lost your husband out there in the middle of the bay. And uh, oh. I just went up and down that ridge. You know, Mickey, I didn't have no compensate on nothing. What happened is the wind stayed the same. The wind didn't switch.
2: <laughs> right. So
3: the wind was the same. But it was like a little light east wind. Anyway, about 45 minutes later, I found them guys.
2: Oh. Picked them off. Oh.
3: And they, they were my guys. I mean, we kind of laughed about it, and they'd fish with me a lot. But i like, dude, y'all don't know how close y'all got to be spending a night out here.
2: Well, I had a bad on experience bank, you know? one time by myself. I went to the – I drove over to the refuge one evening about 3 o'clock, and it's this time of year. And I'd had a party that morning in Trinity Bay. They wouldn't wade, so that's why I didn't go to East Bay. I stayed in Trinity where I could drift fish and catch fish with them. And uh, I got home, and I said, man, I got to go make a wade. We've got a good incoming tide this evening, and I'm going to go to the refuge, see if I can get a big one. And I got over there at Cedars, where we always park, you know, the big salt cedars, that little reef in front of it. Remember back yeah. then, there was a that old man that put that uh, sign out there in the water and about waist-deep water said, thank God for trout? Remember that?
3: Yep, I remember the sign. I
2: remember. The well, sign. I waded out right there, and. Naturally, I went to the right towards the corner, and, man, it was early. It's about 4.30, and I just got on some good fish. I caught one about seven pounds and missed a couple other good ones, and that sea fog rolled in, and I got to catching them, and I thought they were moving down the shoreline, but actually they were moving out in the bay, and I'm following them. You know, I could see them popping slicks. It wasn't, you know, severe fog. I mean, I could still see 50 yards. And uh, yeah. so I uh, fill my old stringer up, and I'm ready to go back in. Well, I start walking, thinking I'm going to the bank. Well, I'm getting deeper, you know. And that tide was coming oh, up yeah. too.
3: You lost So I the said, shore. man,
2: I got to, uh, I got to turn around. So I did a 180 and kept walking and walking, and it wasn't getting any, any shallower. I go, what is up? And then I heard a car driving down the road, and I said, man, I'm going. I'm 90 degrees off here. So I started walking to where I heard that car driving down that Shell Road, and I came out perfectly right at that sign. the first thing I saw was, thank God for Trout. I said, I know where nice. I'm at now. So I waited on in. I mean, I, I was starting to get real nervous. I, was, I wasn't scared yet, but uh, it was getting to that point.
3: Oh, I know what you're saying. I was the same way. I wasn't scared, but I was like figuring me out a exit plan. Hey, I tell my guys, let me tell you something, man. If you ever see me get scared, you need to worry, because it ain't good. <laughs> you, see me getting, you see me getting frazzled, it ain't good, buddy. You got a chance of going down.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, man.
3: Yeah, but it's weird right there, though, Mickey. You could have kept waiting and started going in circles out there to refuse it with just a flat. And when the tide, of course, you know, runs there, the water just raises up. There ain't no current. It just gets high right how many times we part the boat back there and you're a long way away at the refuge like man i better go get that boat by the time you get to the boat you're already gonna start dipping your waders
2: yeah that yep. come up t- so bad yeah you can't feel the current back there but it would just come up kind of like the yeah, East shoreline it, does
3: it was nasty man <clears throat> it was nasty but uh nah it'll i didn't look at the water temperature this morning it was Know, it was like 58 yesterday, so it means it's probably 56 right now. What did you see this morning?
2: Yeah, 56, 57. Yeah, it's dropping a little.
3: Yeah. Hey, that wind was, I, I, did, yeah, I had to, well, I did half of my taxes yesterday. I worked on about four hours, and I was done with that. But I would just listen to that wind, open that front door one time, and I said, man, it is sickling, dude. It was blowing yesterday.
2: Man, I'm showing Eagle Point at 54 now. The water? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I believe it it hey it's forty three in Galveston. I think forty three at Shoals Field with a normal. Yeah, man, I'm showing
2: uh, at the Galveston Channel forty two point one this morning on air temperature, fifty eight degree water. And that's in the channel, yeah. you know, it's protected.
3: Yeah, it sucks, dude. This is this might have been you know, I saw what you saw on that big polar monster kill everything, February, dipping deal, that uh-huh. guy that puts that out. I saw it. <laughs> And this is probably that, because this was around the same time, it just didn't get what he thought. This is probably what that is. Right. Well it was about this time, wasn't it? When the world's supposed to come to end, that guy put that deal out, that old blue come all the way to the coast and stuff.
2: Oh yeah. That, uh, it
3: was it was about this time.
2: Yeah, the air temperature at Morgan's Point's thirty seven now.
3: Yeah. I was supposed to go run out here, but I done changed my plans. I'm going to the gym. It's warm in there. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> I don't like that cold. I don't like that wind. If it was sunny and wasn't no wind, it'd be great, but I ain't doing that.
2: <laughs> well, at least the sky cleared during the night. That's why it's getting so cool, you know, because the sky it did, did clear.
3: Mm-hmm. It was cloudy yesterday, all day, man. Well, we had a yeah. real pretty sunset, dude. The clouds kind of faded, and then, uh. It was pretty nice. I I talked to, I heard that guy talking about the limits about commercial fishing. I'm glad you straightened that out.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of people I, don't I, know. They just think the shrimpers are out there killing everything, but they're not. There's not any more. You
3: know, I don't, we don't, you don't, I don't think. I don't have the ear none of them commissioners like them guys down there do. You know that that's a little low, tight-knit group. This guy's something on this guy's ranch, and you know the drill. I, yeah. I, I ain't gonna mention no names, but I seen a deal about a commissioner in the business section in the Houston Chronicle, and I, I'm not a I told you so because I'm not that smart. But it was exactly what we talked about. It's about what's beneficial to a guy that's not elected and appointed. It, it, it's, right. it, I wish you'd have read that article. I, actually, I was going to call and tell you to read it and you'd laugh. But anyway, so I talked to Pat Murray extensively. This is oh maybe last week. I got to do a little business with Pat. And uh, I told Pat what I thought about. This. I said, look here, Pat. In the grand scheme of things, most people do not like y'all anymore. They do not like CCA. If you, if you, he, he started laughing. I said, you know, it's just how it is, man. And they throw all this stuff out there about what y'all make and all that stuff. So, basically, a lot of people don't like y'all. I said, if you'll jump on board this limited entry on fishing guides, not only will you gain membership, people will love you. John Q. Public will love you. And I talked to him extensively about it. I said, y'all are a giant organization, man. I think I think somebody needs to get that wheel rolling. When you talk about commercial fishing, Mickey, what's the only commercial entity left besides us that that guy's talking about?
2: Well, you got crabbing and uh, fishing guides.
3: Yeah, but like me and you talk about. And drummers. And drummers. if, if, If the average guy is getting one and a half fish, and there's thousands of them fishing out there, well, you're only getting one and a half. And that's what you and I talked about maybe last week. So, dude, where are your fish? What happened to them? Well, you go to the next thing. I was thinking about this Thursday when I told you all them boats was out there. They're all guys, dude. It was yeah. well, there might have been a couple civilian people, but it was. Here's what I think: some kind of big corporate thing, okay? Because it was your popping cork deal. It was stuff yeah. you don't. See. But. Enough's enough. It was the same way with the shrimp. Or well, meat. it's it's too, too little many. too
2: late. You know, this should have been know, done 20 years ago.
3: I agree with you 100%. Exactly what I told Pat. Here, ho- I said,
2: Hold that thought. Let me knock his breakout and we'll continue this. Hang on, buddy. Yeah, I'll be right back. Well, you know, folks, the Belleville meat market, there's no better place to shop for grade A cuts of beef, pork, and chicken. And, uh, They're located right in downtown Belleville. They're easy to find. Their meat market and processing facility are right next door to one another. And smoked sausage samples, they have those available daily in the store for you to try before you buy. And their full menu of pecan smoked barbecue, they serve that Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And check out their ground beef special, $3.59 a pound, if you buy a 10-pound bulk pack, and it's the 85-15 mix. And you can gear up for the livestock show and rodeo, USDA choice briskets, pork ribs, and smoked sausage available. Competitive pricing on that smoked sausage. You can call and ask to speak with Ben for that. And if you want to get a calf process, a quarter and a half calf, they're available for pre-order, and you can have them custom processed. Wild game processing, they're still making their vinny dogs and hog dogs, homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. The Belleville celebrating 42 years serving the greater Houston community that's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name.
1: Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift
2: away. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. 620 here in the Bayou City. All right, James, we're back, man.
3: Hey, hey, you there?
2: Yeah, we're here.
3: Hey, here's what I was thinking about. This was years ago. Hickman come by my house. Me and Trimble or somebody was sitting out there, and Hickman come by. and said, "Hey, man, you need to buy these charter permits. I mean, the, these reef fish and police right. permits, so you can go take people offshore. It's fifty bucks. so I ain't going, man. I ain't taking nobody snapper fishing." Yeah, but you need to buy them, man. You have them. I said, nah, I, don't, I don't care about no, you know, no stupid permit. <laughs> Those two hundred dollar permits right now, if you want to go run a charter for snapper fishing, is going to cost you thirty grand to go play the game.
2: That's what Monty and uh, Jeff were talking about this morning in that first hour. And we were the Freeport guys. They were okay, talking well, ex- exactly about that. <laughs> okay. Now think about this.
3: Now, you can't buy them. You have to buy them from somebody. Why in the hell don't we do that with what we got going on now, Mickey? Because you can take your guy's license. I can take mine. We make them little bitty airplanes we used to make when we were in school and throw them at your girlfriend because that's what they're they're worth. They're worth nothing.
2: Nothing. Exactly.
3: If If we implement this deal now, and you're right, It should have been done when we tried to do it 30 years ago. But we have to start. If you start day one right now, okay, guys, this is it. Step number one, there's no more license issued. We will have a buyback program just like we did for the shrimpers. If you want to bail, here you go, man. Come get your five grand, and you go away, and that license is gone. Or you and I can sell our license to some young dude that's got a giant truck, a fast boat. He may want to get in a fishing business. You have to buy that. From me, from somebody, and it's worth something. Now what we're doing is create more people with more popping carts and, and more and more and more, and nothing's worth nothing. And this is beneficial to you and I and the guys that maybe want to bail here in the next few
2: years. Yeah, exactly. Because now we
3: got nothing, dude.
2: Hell, I'm ready luckily, now. <laughs> and luckily, I I'm ready now, family. brother. <laughs>
3: Hey, Rod. So I told Rod about this. Now, some time goes by, four or five years from when Hickman told me that. So I told Rod, and I ain't got no money. I said, Rod, hey, we can buy a set of these permits. So we bought a set of permits. I'm 99% sure we bought them from Bill Platt. And I think Rod paid like five grand for them. Bill wanted to buy them permits back from me, wow. but Rod wouldn't sell them. And if Rod wanna to sell them, I go get 30 grand tomorrow. Yeah. And you look at this—what it's done for the snapper. Snapper eating your your lower unit off. Right. Because not everybody can just go out there run some kind of snapper trip. Because it exactly. costs a lot to do it. If we don't do this in this bay, Mickey, because you know I turn you know like right now I ain't keeping no fish. Even if somebody wants some, I ain't keeping them. I just it's not. I, I'm not doing it right now. But. Nobody, most of these guys are not doing that. They're going to whack them. If they can catch anything, you're going to throw them on that table, take a bunch of pictures, come go with me. I got 9 million openings. Until we change that whole mindset, we're not changing nothing about the number of fish.
2: That's it. And I think about, you know, just all of my guys I'm affiliated with up my way. I mean, I hadn't killed any fish in so long. I wouldn't even know what it'd be like to have to sit there and carve up fish for 30 minutes. I mean, it just... We've been on this road. Just think how many we wouldn't have if all of us would have been killing all them fish we could have been killing, you know? It it would be less. Now, see, I think
3: the last 15 days or whatever, I think I've had to keep fish twice. Right. Which, yeah, that's cool. Two out of however many days I've been, you know, just anything. One thing about it, he's in the bottom of the ice chest no matter who he is. (laughs) He, He ain't doing no good.
2: No, that fish is done. He's run his course. Run He's his
3: done. race. Hey, I hooked the fish the other day, and he was bleeding, and I had to be real careful. I get my Danco pliers and try to dig my old hook out of there, and I really spent some time. No fish was bleeding. I looked at him. I said, "You know what? You got a hell of a lot better chance." Than I throw you back in, and I put you on. Well, I didn't even have a stringer, so I just threw him back. But man, it, 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 and you said it to that guy. You're not gonna limit yourself with the fishermen to bring back a fishery that's not the end all to be all that no it's
2: not i mean and that's just my opinion your opinion i'm sure other people have other issues about it but uh i don't uh you can't uh conserve your way into a good fishery again other changes have to be made i mean environmentally and Habitat issues, water quality. I mean there there's so many variables, all these everything every bit of that comes into play.
3: Everything comes into play, Mickey, and it's you, but know, when you got, got to to,
2: I mean, I remember when I first started guiding. I mean there was a handful of us. You had you had old Marshall Deal out of Eagle Point, and then you had Wendy, you know, but he was part time, you know, he was he right. was a mailman or whatever, whatever he did back then. But, you know, you had them over there. I think you had Forrest down in East Bay. And you had Betty Bethay, maybe Cookie and Rod and, you know, the Peppers down there in West Bay. And you had me and Bobby and Gene Campbell, Blaine. I mean, there was 10 or 12 of us. That was now, it, dude. When now I- there's hundreds, hundreds of Hundreds. Guys.
3: When I went to work for you, I was 19 years old and –
2: there's nothing
3: there's everybody you just mentioned and that was it yeah and it, it just you know it, it's what what one's one two's two and three's a crowd i mean
2: well and you had uh yeah. remember david smith everybody called him uh his nickname was dough belly i remember him now and you had uh, another guy named glenn up my way but i mean it was just i mean you knew who everybody was i mean it wasn't it's so overwhelming now. I don't know who anybody is anymore. I feel terrible for that, because because uh, I, I should know every single guide on our base system, but there's there's too many of them.
3: I, I don't I don't know nobody. It's like I moved out
2: of the country into a metropolis, you know.
3: And I'm not trying to discredit. Anybody no, to I mean everybody a has a
2: right there. to you know to fish and and make a living at it if they want to, but we are taking a resource that belongs to everybody, and decimating it. I, you know, a few decimating the entire resource that belongs to everybody.
3: Hey, man, when it gets calm and you want to run a snapper trip, guess what? You can't because you don't have a permit. And you want right. to go to Montana, run some kind of elk hunt, take somebody? Guess can't what? Can't do it. You can't do it. You want to come to gals and be a guide? All you got to do is go to Classic Ford. You buy the biggest truck known to man, finance you a Haney, <laughs> You go over there to camp school, give them 1100 bucks, In about seven days, you're going to be a captain and go get your 300 bucks. Right. It's too easy, dude. It, it has to, it, that has to change. Yes. And, you know, it, it, because it goes all back to what you and I are talking about. W says you're only getting a fish and a half. Then where are my fish at? Well, that's yeah. the next thing you got to look at.
2: Well, I mean I hope I that know. that I that, wrong, that to me is uh, very flawed data because I mean <laughs> I see it when I come in I'll come in on a day where the wind's blowing 30 and 40 and they're doing they're they're there doing their surveys and nobody's got them I don't have them nobody's got them and then the days it is perfect and everybody's coming in with box loads of fish they're not there so I mean well, I don't know how they get I a totally, uh, accurate reading I, off that.
3: I totally agree with you that it's flawed. I think their net surveys are flawed. I think a lot of stuff they do is flawed. But that's what we got. That's what they tell us. I'm with you. Yes, I I totally agree with that it's flawed. But that's what you're telling us. And then you're going to run your net surveys. How many times and you watching run a gill net and just like in the springtime and just like laugh, dude, it's pure fresh water. What, what are you going to get
2: right there? Yeah, you're why are you it? running up a net our way? Because all you're getting in there is gas for ghoul and carp and, uh, and, and you know, gar and stuff like that. I mean, when yeah, it's not, it, you know, it don't take a wizard to figure that one out.
3: For sure. But I just think this is just what I think. And, and, and if it. It would be beneficial to people like us. It'll make the industry a lot more credible. Because if you're really let's go back to the snapper deal again, you really want to run offshore trips. Now you've got a bunch invested. Now you're pissed to go dump thirty grand. Hopefully somebody will sell you some permits. And then you got. What's go that called?
2: A pelagic deal. reef permit?
3: Yeah, I think there's a pelagic. I got two of them. there's a pelagic and a reef. I think for the snappers and the for kingfish fish and all that stuff. Yeah. Then you got to go out there and hope you don't die in a thunderstorm. So it's a big deal. What we do here is just too easy, man. It's, yeah, it, it is. It has, it has to change. That way, Mickey, you can say, okay, TPNW, here's your buyback deal. Whether it's five, ten, I don't know what it was for the shrimpers. I want to say it was around twelve grand, but I could be wrong. And you could go to P- TPNW, say, man, I want to retire this license. Good, Mr. Eastman, give us your license. In two weeks, we're going to send you a check for five grand. I'm going to cut
2: and run, dude. I'm out of here. Well, better than that, it'd be better if you could just sell it to another individual. You know, have like a limited injury. That's what they do up north, you know, like in Wyoming and Montana and everything for those outfitters. Once you're Uh ready to retire, you can sell your business, your permits, all that, and you can retire with some decent money. You actually work towards something.
3: Roger that, and I, I didn't know that you were talking because I didn't get going till about five, so I missed all that, but I was just thinking about that, but things like that, then then the industry becomes a lot more credible, uh, you have something invested, and it costs you some money to play the game, and if you're just piddling around with it, part-time, work somewhere, just say our license become like a 20 grand entity that was what we could get for them. Well, man, you know, I'm gonna do this part time, big boat, man, nice truck, Facebook. Boy, but it's gonna cost me 20 grand to do that. And I think I'm good. I think yeah. I'm out now. It's too easy, yeah. It is bucks, you, for $300, you can go be somebody. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don't know well you I mean, figure it's about on. a it's about a grand for captain school then you go through all the coast guard protocol with your physical and drug tests and all that and then you know just say throw another 500 in there so you got 1500 on the federal end of it and then then once you get it you can get your all water guide license what's that two 220 or something
3: Hey, I did my taxes yesterday. It's three hundred and seven dollars. You can get all your combo Well, that's
2: with your super combo and everything.
3: Yeah, three and yeah, three hundred and seven bucks. Your guide license, a combo, and a duck stand. Which I ain't going duck hunting anyway, but I bought one.
2: So well, yeah. Bucks. So then, so. you know, you are looking, you are you are in the business for less than two thousand bucks. If you got a boat and truck already, you are ready to rock and roll, man. For less than uh, two 100%. grand.
3: A hundred percent, buddy. And think if we could implement this and our stuff became worth something because those $50 tournaments turned into 30 grand. Mm -hmm. Maybe our $260 license turned in to 10 or 15,000. Sure. Now, if you really want to be a fishing guide, man, that's going to cost me 15 grand. And I still got to find somebody to sell it to me. Maybe nobody wants to sell their license. So I'm just stuck. It's you Gotta a good wait. Deal, you
2: gotta 100%. wait your turn.
3: A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a good deal. And here's what I told Pat: if you can get this rolling, Pat, people are going to love you. John Q. Public don't like fishing guides anyway. They don't. And if you can do something, not like, like, like
2: this, they I mean, used to. We used to, you know, it used to be a respected business back in the day because there was just a oh, few of us. us, and we helped. They us. But yeah. now we you don't. You, they don't. People don't need any help. They got everything right at their fingertips now. And then they 100%. see us catching and killing fish, and they hate us even more.
3: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And if CCA could get on board, because I don't know no commissioner, but I do know Pat. You know Pat. I know Pat real well. Yeah. And I said, man, if y'all could get something like this rolling, I think John Q is going to jump behind y'all. I think more members and people will be happy. Uh Oh, that's just my two cents, but there probably ain't nobody gonna do nothing about it. But I'm telling you it'll work. You know it'll work, I know it'll work. It'll be good for the fishery.
2: Oh, I'm with you. <clears throat> be good for the fishery. So
3: I'm like you, I just you know, we caught the you know, we had a pretty you know, whatever day it was, we had a pretty real big time day for nowadays. Caught some really yeah. nice fish. And you're right. I had forgot about how good that really is. You know, I've been yerking on seventeen inch trout for the last six or seven years, really, and it was pretty cool, and I'm like, yep, this can happen if we do it right.
2: Well, that's like you see me. I get the time. I I go down south. I want to catch some really good quality fish. I go down there with Cliff, you know, and it, uh, it used to be just the opposite. A lot of those guys wanted to come up here with us. Galveston used to be a hell of a fishery. People just don't realize how many giant trout swam around in this bay system.
3: Hey, I was talking to Larry Higgins, known the uh, K Wigglers, and we were talking about something, and I sent him up. I was running these trips, in this little 15-whaler, remember that little 15-whaler Cullen hand? Yeah. I didn't want nobody to buy, know where I was going. So I had that little boat, and I remember we had four or five of us in there in the night, Roland Eubenac being one of them, <laughs> Doc Sines being one of them, Russell Abendroff. Hey, I'm almost taking them over the bow, just coming out of size. And... uh we started catching them fish about 7 o'clock that night. We caught them about about 9.30. And I told Larry, I said, I'm going to send you a picture. And I found it. I'm going to send it to you. You got millions of them like that. And I, here's what I told Larry. I said, they just think they're killing some fish <laughs> now. I said, "Mick and I got closet fulls of these pictures just like this.
2: Exactly. Hey, hang so on, we'll man. Right Let me right knock right. this quick break out, and I'll come right back. Hang with me. I'll be right back go to go you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right
1: back.
0: He was working through college on my grandpa's farm. I was thirsting for
2: no- Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 640 here in the Bayou City. All right, James, we're back, buddy.
3: Yo, bud. Hey, and, and for the young guys, all these young guys that don't like us either, It'll be way beneficial for them because they got a lot of time and you know ahead of them. So their license will, will really, you know, be worth something. Sure. More so sure. than what ours would be. Because we are just like that movie I, I told you about. We like Money Wash. He rode in that town, he'd been gone, he's man, there's too many fences and too many cars. Yep. Because the days of what we do are their number the days of how we operate they are they're not long for this world so you know but it, i just i just think it's a good deal and i'm gonna have some more time to spend with pat on this deal too so you know i just i just think it'll be a good deal i think it'd be beneficial for the fishery and beneficial for us Right. That way then me, then me and you can sit on your porch, get us a little old money for our old license and drink some coffee and tell us some stories. The retirement yeah, plan and the charter boat. Might even have enough uh,
2: money left over we can put back and we can just book guys when we want to go catch some trout. How I'm looking look at, at that picture nine, you buddy? sent me. Man, you look like a kid in that picture, and that was back in 1998,
3: man. Yeah. That, you think with about Co- that. It with seems Cody
2: like, Scott, 20 trout, like 47 pounds. A,
3: hey that little 70 that was that little 15 i was running yep <laughs> but uh,
2: <laughs>
3: hey you think about that that don't sound and i got another one i'm gonna send you that you took and y'all caught all the fish i only caught three but one of them was an eight five and it was like 1984 on the east shoreline you yeah. and i had black. we went by ourselves y'all caught them i only kept i think i caught a little one i caught one that weighed like eight five <laughs> but uh it seems like a minute ago but Hell man, that's
2: twenty five years ago, twenty six years ago. Man. I know. It's uh we've seen seen quite a bit, man, and I, I wouldn't take nothing for it. I just uh I just Galveston Bay just, I mean, look at the guys that that have been fishing down at Mansfield and you know, corpus and all that for years. And then when we got our business rolling up here, they, they quit going down there. They lived in Houston. They had a bird nest on the ground right here. They could catch just as big or bigger fish here as they could down there and didn't have to go down there and rent a place and stay for two or three days. They could just do a quick trip with us and be back on the dock with better fish.
3: 100%. Hey, and you wouldn't believe. not you No, know, and it's a fair amount. These are my guys. And they don't, you know, your guys, my my guys, they're, you know, they ain't going. Hey, man, we're just go fish down here. They don't say nothing, but you know, somebody will post something. I'll see it and say, hey, that's my customer down there. So, guys that I would have fishing here right now are fishing down there. At least right. three that I know of for sure. Sure. So you yeah, know, Cliff, that, that's, that's he always day.
2: gets people that fish with us. You know, nowadays. And and, and hey. More power to him. I'm glad for him because, you know, I mean, they don't want to stay up here and fish for me, thinking they're going to go, you know, catch something like they can go down there and catch. Those days are gone,
3: man. Hey, and I tell them, I said, "Look, man, it, you know, yeah." I, I, until Friday. Now, Friday, I got whatever day that was. My, my hopes are a little bit higher now. There's some, some swimming there. Prior to that, I said, "Look, man." You, you know, I, I ain't catching yeah, nothing good. that
2: I'm that not. that uh, catch you had the other day—I mean, that that used to be every street corner around here.
3: Well, I had a lot of places we could go do that. That you had a chance to throw, and you did. You know, you had many places to, to. When you cast that lure right there, you got a chance to catch an eight-pound trout, one hundred percent. Yes. And I, I don't, I, I don't have that. Either now, I don't have that. I mean, I got one little spot now, but hopefully we'll see something better you know you know i I get it i I totally get it you know like i told you the day you know when you start turning your fishing this time of year into where you need to be a numbers guy not a big trout guy you're going to be sad a lot of times because you ain't going to put up numbers all the time in the winter time you know that as well as i
2: not a quality fish like we used to
3: Mm -mm. that you know, you got, I, I hate to dig through them old pictures. I just did that. I was wanting to show Larry that little 15 that you can see the little 70 in the background.
2: Uh-huh. I got I to remember that little 15 digging. with the 70 horse <laughs> on it. Yes, sir.
3: Man, I got to looking at some pictures of you and I back in the day, and I'm like, gosh, though,
2: Hey, the last time <laughs> I did that, I dug out some photo albums, and I didn't even get all the shoe boxes out full of all them old photos we used to take. And, hey, we... We really didn't – there was years there we didn't even take photos because it was just an everyday thing. It was no big deal. We'd take enough, you know, to put in our booths at the at the fishing show and boat show and stuff for business purposes. But, I mean, Caleb and Thomas come over that day and said, man, we want to see some of these old old war pictures, man, of you and Plog and Blaine and everybody. And I broke that stuff out. Them boys, <laughs> they, they like to swallow their tongues. They go – I said, when was it? I said, man, this was every, every day. I mean, that's what we did.
3: We that's what we show. did, buddy. And that's what we did. Hey, i never forget. I was coming in one day. My guys, we had fished all day. And they said, we're going to a Rockets game. Yeah, well, whatever. you know. <laughs> so we keep fishing. We keep fishing. When we ain't catching, we don't catch nothing. I said, man, we got to go. So I'm coming back to Fort Aniwak Park, and there's Blaine with the hat wave he's standing right on the tip end ain't nothing but solid slicks in front of him and i pull it back blaine's got the hat going i said man they got him what are you doing i said man let to get out man we got to go i said i ain't going nowhere he said no we got to go man i just putted you know it was deep in i just idled back i jumped on the step i rolled in there and i started throwing stuff out what are you doing i said Y'all are going to Rockets game? I'm going fishing, dude. Y'all need to get your stuff and get out of here and pay me, and I'm gone. I said, Y'all just drove out from a giant school of fish. And I turned around and drove right back. Parked Mr. Blaine and his crew. Dude, they bit to like 9 o'clock that night. You remember that? They were right there oh, on the yeah. tip about the park. Yep. blaine been there all day, <laughs> Taking naps, not catching up. Yeah, hey, they'd
2: go back to the boat, take a nap, eat some snacks and all that, and drink a coke or something, and then hop back out. And then, hey, you knew they were there. They lived there, and they were gonna bite before dark. And that's uh, that was that old typical uh late winter, early spring glass minute pattern. I mean, hey, <laughs> come and on they, with. They
3: were- There, there was every now and then you catch a big one, but they were all three to five pound trout.
2: Yeah, that was just. I mean, I mean, look at the bird trout back in the day. Three to five pounders on the birds, and it wasn't uncommon for somebody to bust a seven or eight pounder out of birds.
3: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I
2: had a guy one day he caught a nine and two eighths out of one school of birds, and there was fish from two pounds up to that. I mean, it was just. I mean. And it was a football field of them. You just turn the key off in them, troll motor in there, turn the troll motor off and just drift with them. They just, you just drifted moving with the tide with them just nonstop.
3: Man, that old and, bay would get so clear. Remember, you could see the bottom everywhere you went, man. And, yes.
2: And I mean, you'd be out in Eiffelice in the fall, and you could see every clamshell and the mud on the bottom in eight feet of water. Yeah. People don't realize how pristine galveston bay was back in its prime i mean it really yeah. was
3: yeah, and that old ship channel dredge, man, the first one that that was we've talked that
2: 10-year project put a put a damper on things well they were containing it and they were doing it right but then here come hurricane ike and every bit of that spoil ended up in the damn bay anyway remember it breached yep, all those sure all those uh, containment levees and it all ended up in the bay anyway
3: yeah, didn't matter. Just Whoever bad luck,
2: man. Be- we just had some terrible luck in the last, well, what was Ike, in 08? I mean, yeah, since then, <laughs> we've just watched uh, watched everything just deteriorate right before your eyes, and there's nothing you can do about it, nothing.
3: Hey, did, did you ever think you'd see a ship wave come from the ship channel in the back of Trinity Bay? I never never,
2: never dreamed of it, never thought of it.
3: Hey, we were right there by Reds, dude, and I'm looking out there. I guess that old Sunk Shrimp boat was up there. It's like a couple of years ago, two, three years ago. Right. And I see the white water. Man, what, what is going on? And I'm watching, I don't say nothing. <laughs> yeah, I figured out it's a shipway breaking on that flat. I said, You gotta be kidding me, man. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. Well, be back there waiting in the back, and hell, one of them would come through there. If you were real deep on your waders, you'd have to move or start backing up, or you'd start getting water in
2: them. You're fixing to get soaked. You know, I had one, happened. uh, I was waiting that sandbar between the spillway and reds out there. I was way out, and we were catching them on top waters just a few years ago. And, uh, I'm seeing this swell coming at us, and I can feel it on, on my legs. I'm going, what in the world? <laughs> and, yeah. uh. I had one shore guy with me, he's about your height, and he he got completely drenched. He filled completely up. No kidding.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. the that way wave I saw I would have done that. For sure. And that's ate that, that South Carolina East Bay, them shipways just ate that thing. Hey, oh, how dude. about them
2: hog pens, man? You don't you don't park in there now and you see a container ship, you you better pull up and get out of there. You're gonna sink every you're gonna drown everybody in sink.
3: You ain't kidding me. Remember that day we sunk your your. Uh, what happened to that deal? We sunk your old Mako there. I think the motor hit on bottom and it wouldn't let the bow turn. Right. And it just filled us up because all. Oh, well, it it
2: sucked there. all the water out and put the motor on the bottom and made the you know the stern turn into where the wave was coming from, and it floated exactly. everything in the floor of that boat. It didn't sink, but you know it would have had.
3: It was it was full. I, what I do, I pull in there, and I'll kind of trim up a little bit. So if a big ship comes, it'll suck my bow around, you know, and i yeah. take the wave, you know, off my bow. <clears throat> but uh, you see them big containers coming outbound when you see Walmart, Costco coming down the ship.
2: Channel,
3: <laughs> <out bound. laughs> hey, you better hold on, dude. Hey, that's what I tell my guys. You see that right there? That's all your Christmas presents on there.
2: <laughs> there. there you go. I mean, it, they put out, They they move some water. You know, it's, just,
1: nobody,
2: uh, man. it's pretty crazy, and I can only imagine what's fixing to happen now with all this new dredging project. I mean, we ain't even started talking about the Ike Dike yet, but that's coming too. We won't live long enough to see that completed, but uh, with this new project, and then they're going to dig that channel from the ship channel all the way to Cedar Bayou. I mean, all those great fishing grounds there, and in our shoreline that I live on, we're going to look out off the you know, across the bay, and there's going to be a big levee in front of us full of spoil.
3: Man, biggest change I've seen in the bay is on your end down there, and it, it just still baffles me. When I drive over there to see you, our fish there, it's like, man, this is, that's, you know, because you can only build so many houses here on Galveston Island on steels. you know. Right. It, But you can't do what they're doing down there at your place. No,
2: it's uh, a big-time commercial. It's all concrete now. There's no saturation. Everything, it runs off into Cedar Bayou or into the bay now. It just, uh, it's a drastic change.
3: Yeah, I told you I made that mistake. I was up, you know, because I I hit them fish right there ahead of that fresh water that day, so then I tried to go back. Anyway, I had this big plan of going through one mile, maybe seeing something. I just thought I was in the mud while well, I come through one mile. That water coming down cedar mile. I was in the mud on mud.
2: Mud on mud.
3: <laughs> it was terrible.
2: Well, it uh, uh I don't know where we're gonna end up, but it's not gonna be better. That's why I don't have a lot of confidence with our limit changes and everything. It's 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 a habitat issue big time. And to see you know what I've seen up there, and to what it is now, it's uh, it's very disheartening. Remember that commercial, that litter commercial that that Indian guy paddling his canoe down the river, and he's looking at all the litter on the shorelines, and and that tear in his eye. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. that explains me in one boat ride through my area up there, <laughs> compared to what I had before and what I have now.
1: Yeah.
3: This damn show. Sure, that everybody. was a strong
2: commercial, man. Very strong, powerful. Hey.
3: It- and people quit throwing trash out the window after that too. Very few people, you know, to litter, you know. And it, you know, I, I'm sure Mickey, there'll be places that we'll find that'll be good. Uh, after they get through with all that stuff, we'll always figure something out. But uh, man, it's hard to stop progress up there on your end. That Ship Channel bill, man, it's uh, it's, it's different <laughs> for sure. It, well, but we'll figure something out. I'm telling you, though, we need to get on board on this on this limited entry deal. I think it'll be a really good – Oh, I was going to tell you, too. Uh,
2: I talked to a guy that had talked to uh, a biologist about this, the fall gill netting, you know, up my way, upper Galveston Bay and Tabs and Trinity, all of that. Yeah. Out of all those surveys and the nets they ran, and that's when the water quality, you know, plenty of salinity, nothing to push the fish salty. away. There were, They only had one trout that hit 25 inches out of all the fish they sampled. That, I'll tell you, I all you there, need to know right there, buddy.
3: Yeah, I bet there was millions of pencils, though, huh?
2: Well, yeah, but their nets, they so, you know, a certain inch, a lot of them just swam through them.
3: Oh, exactly. That's right. That's right. They run different mess sizes.
2: Right. And yeah. uh that tells you a lot right there. That's very strong.
3: Yeah. Well, hopefully them dudes start growing up there and – uh you know, they'll they they'll run well I guess they run their when they run that spring gill in I guess it's April.
2: Yeah, they do March, that in April. April, April. Yeah. Yeah. So right I, where we, see, never right where we're fishing. I never
3: Yeah, I never saw no results from any of them net surveys actually. I didn't. No, I
2: didn't they hadn't come weeks. out. This was just a uh, conversation, you know. Gotcha. But I haven't seen any release on what uh, the samplings. Apparently, they weren't that good because they still want this three fish limit. So, <laughs>
3: hey, back in the day if they'd have strung a gill net back there, you they couldn't, couldn't have, have pulled it, it up. up. They couldn't have got it up, man.
2: Well, I remember those days when Dougie Merritt and all of them were, uh, you know, uh, when gill netting was legal. I mean, <laughs> every trout in them nets were as long as your leg. They'd run big mesh because they didn't want to mess with all that little stuff. They wanted all the big ones, brought more money, more weight. Right. They go by weight, not numbers.
3: Man, well, I've they, never watched them. One meat. year
2: they flooded the market. Uh, trout went down to 10 cents a pound one winter because they were catching so many. So that ought to tell you and all we, you need to know.
3: Yeah, and we were still catching them. Man, I used to watch them mealers come in with them nets. And I'm like, yeah.
2: man. Yep. Unbelievable. Fish in behind them, <laughs> never even know they'd been there. All right, James, I got a roll. I appreciate the good conversation, man. Somebody wants to call you about fishing. Give them a number.
3: All right, man, four nine seven seven one seven three zero six. Have a good one.
2: Yeah, and they can buy you out if they want to. See you, man. Come on. All right. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show. But we'll be back next week, Thursday morning, bright and early four a.m. Right here at Sports Radio six ten KILT Houston.